Greetings to all of you and I thank and praise God that God has granted us yet another opportunity to hear from God's word. It is my prayer and I desire that it will be your prayer as well as we sit in God's presence this morning and as we hear his word that we will be able to understand clearly what God is specifically speaking to us. Our needs might be very different. We all have our individual needs and in the light of the word I pray that God would meet our needs this morning as we look upon his word. I would like to begin with a story before I share my message and I'm sure you've heard of this uh, humorous story of an incident that happened in a school. Uh, apparently in the school cafeteria where all the children would come for their afternoon snack or their meal, there was a huge cookie jar that was kept on the table and that cookie jar filled with cookies and the lid was open and someone had put a sticker on that cookie jar with this inscription, take only one, God is watching. Take only one, God is watching. Now right next to the cookie jar, someone else had placed another jar that was full of chocolates. And someone very humorously stuck a picture on that jar with this inscription, take as many as you want, God is busy watching the jar of cookie. Take as many as you want, God is busy watching the jar of cookie. Whenever we speak from God's word, we are aware that God is watching us. We know that God is very observant of how we live our lives. The decisions that we make, the things that we do, how we behave, we know that God is watching us. We also know that whenever we speak from God's word, that it is not only God who is watching us, but the world outside is also watching us. True? The world outside that is still living in darkness is watching people who are living in the light. The people living in darkness are observing and seeing how we who are in the light are living our own lives. Is that not what First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says? That we are the people of God. We are a royal priesthood. We are those who are declaring the praises of Him who from darkness have been brought into His marvelous light. Not only God, but we know that the world is also watching us. But this morning I want to talk to you about another group of beings that are closely watching us. They are watching us very carefully. They are very observant of all that we do. You know the Bible gives us a clear understanding that these beings are watching us very closely. I want to talk to you this morning about the angelic hosts. Because the angelic hosts observe the life of born again believers. I'm not making this up. This is a message that is based on the Holy Scriptures. That is why I have entitled my message today as the unseen spectators of the church. The unseen spectators of the church. Brothers and sisters, my dear friends, not only God is here with us, not only Christ is here with us, not only do we have the Spirit of God working, but we have the unseen spectators of the church. I want to share with you about the fact that we are being watched closely by the angelic beings who are there in heaven. You know, when we think about angels, when we think about their creation, when we think about all that God has created them to be, there is one question that comes to our mind. We, are, we often wonder and ask ourselves, what are angels doing today? What do they do today? How do they keep themselves occupied? We know from Isaiah chapter 6 that there are angels created by God and the only thing that those angels are called to do is to worship God, right? In Isaiah chapter 6, there are these angels 24-7, they are in the presence of God and the only thing that they say is, Holy, 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 the Lord God. 
Almighty. We know that there are angels created to worship God. We know there are angels who are messengers, who take God's message and bring it to the people of this world. But you know what? Angels not only do these things, they are very observant of born again believers. And this morning, I want to share three points with you as to what is it that angels do. How is it that they observe your life and my life as Christians? Three points as to how angels observe your life and my life as a Christian. Number one, angels observe how we live our lives as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, angels observe how we live our lives as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you turn your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Corinthians and chapter 4? 1 Corinthians and chapter 4. And I like to read verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 9. Now look at what the word of God says. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession. Like men condemned to die in the arena. We have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to men. Brothers and sisters, look at what the word of God says here. Apostle Paul encourages the believers and he says, We as born again believers are made as spectacles, not only in front of the world, but in front of the angels. The angels observe how we live our lives as an apostle. If you notice verse 9 of chapter 4, he says, God has put us apostles there. Us. I'm sure it is not only talking about the twelve, but it's talking about all born again believers. It's not talking about an office. It's not talking about a title where I need to add the title to my name and be called as Apostle Job. No, it's talking about the responsibility of an apostle. And it's not only Apostle Paul, but it is all born again believers in Calvary Bible Fellowship. In that sense, we are all the apostles of God. And as apostles, the angels are observant of how we live our lives. But we need to pause here for a moment and we need to ask the question, who then is an apostle? If you and I are apostles, who is an apostle? An apostle refers to someone who carries the gospel message with the authority that comes from Christ. He is one who carries the gospel message with the authority that comes from Christ. Remember Matthew chapter 28, 18 and 19? He says, go into all the world, preach the gospel. It's not only a commandment that is given to the twelve, it is a commandment that is given to the New Testament church. All the New Testament church are considered to be apostles, carrying the gospel message with the authority of God. It literally means one who is sent as a delegate with an important message. So before I go further, can I ask an important question and can you answer by raising your hand? How many people sitting here consider yourself to be an apostle in this regard? Raise your hand. Only a few of us? A little more of us? All born again believers? Raise your hand. We are all apostles. And I want to encourage all of us in the light of the word that the angels observe how we live our lives. As an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. You look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We read verse 9. But to build the context. Who is an apostle? Chapter 4 verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1. So then men ought to regard us as servants of Christ. And as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Who is an apostle? He should be one considered as a servant of God. Not someone in high position, not someone who's looking for the fame that comes along, but someone who considers himself to be a servant of God. 
You know, when you read Joshua chapter 24, when Joshua comes to the end of his life and when he dies, the book closes with this testimony, Joshua, the servant of God. He was the commander of the army, let me remind you. The second in command when Moses was alive. But that was not what he was known when he came to the end of his life. He was called a servant of God. And as apostles, the Bible says, we should be called as the servants of God. The servants of the Most High. You know whose servant is according to this passage? Someone in subordination and having responsibility towards a superior. According to this passage, our superior is Christ. We are being subordinate to Christ and we are having all our responsibilities being done towards that superior which is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is who an apostle actually is. And it says, who is an apostle? A servant of God entrusted with the secret things of God. The secret things of God is in reference to the message of the gospel. Brothers and sisters, as apostles, God has entrusted us with the secret message. The message of the gospel. The message of the gospel that we need to go out into this world and tell everybody. The angels are watching us. How do we live our lives as the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ? What is an apostle supposed to do? What are his qualifications? Let me pinpoint three simple things very quickly to you. Verses 2. One of the first qualities an apostle should have. Verse 2. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. He must be faithful. She must be faithful. As a messenger of the gospel, I must be faithful. I must be counted faithful in all things. In what things? In everything that the church has entrusted me to do. I must be counted faithful. I must be counted faithful. Am I faithful in all that God has entrusted me to do? Only then can I be considered as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I just explain that for you? Can you just turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2? 2 Timothy and chapter 2. And now look at what it says in verses 6. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 6. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. You know, the aspect of faithfulness is mentioned here. Because when you read verse 3, it's talking about a soldier. When you read verses 5, it's talking about an athlete. When you read verse 6, it's talking about a farmer. As a soldier, fighting the good fight. As an athlete, running the race. And as a farmer, being faithful. You know, why is that aspect mentioned to a farmer? Because it's easy to buy the seed. It's easy to plow the field. It's easy to put in the manure. You know what is the most toughest thing to do? It is to... Wait. It is to faithfully put in the manure, water, pull out the weeds, to do whatever is necessary so that there will be fruit. That is why for a farmer, it is important to be faithful. As a soldier, fighting. Athlete, running. Farmer, faithful. Now you remember what Apostle Paul says, I have kept the, I have fought the good as a soldier. I have kept the faith as a farmer and I have run the race. You get what I am saying? It is important that as an apostle of the Lord Jesus, I am considered faithful in all that the Lord wants me to do. Number two, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. What should an apostle of Christ do? It says verse 16, Therefore I urge you to imitate me. An apostle should imitate the apostle Paul, who is imitating Christ. Who is imitating Christ? An apostle should not only be faithful, but he or she should be one who imitates Christ. You know the same book, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. 
First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. What should an apostle do? He should follow the example of Christ. He should emulate all the characters that are there in Christ. Number one, he should be faithful. Number two, he must imitate Christ. Number three, verse nine, the verse that we read. Let me read that again. First Corinthians chapter four and verse nine. It seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession, like men condemned to die in the arena. We have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to men. Number three, an, an apostle must be willing to suffer. An apostle must be willing to suffer. You know, many a times it is very easy and we desire to be faithful. Many a times we desire to imitate Christ. But what about the attitude of sacrifice? Because when Apostle Paul writes that we have been made spectators in front of the angels, it has been made as a spectator unto death. So what about the element of sacrifice, brothers and sisters? This morning I would like for us to be encouraged of the fact that we live our lives not only in the eyes of God the Father, not only in front of the world, but the angelic hosts are also observing how we live our lives. Am I a faithful apostle? Do I do all that God has entrusted me to do in Calvary Bible Fellowship? Am I an imitator of Christ? When people see me, when people see my ministry, when people see my behavior, can they see the attitude of Christ living in me? Am I willing to sacrifice, to lay down my life for whatever it means as an angel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Why? Because I am a spectator and the angels observe very carefully how I live my life as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says we have been put as in front of a procession, right? In front of a procession. We are like going together in a procession on our way to death, on our way against this world. Probably for sharing the gospel, I will lose my life, but I'm willing to go through that. Why? Because the angels are observing me. They're watching me very carefully. You know, I just want to read a verse uh, for our encouragement. Can we read 2 Corinthians and chapter 2 and verse 14? Can somebody read that verse for me? 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Okay. Okay. See what we just read earlier. It is like we are on a procession to death, and he says, "Thanks be to God who leads us in this procession, who leads us in this procession, and through this, He spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him." He spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. You know, probably when you and I sacrifice, probably when you and I give our lives, probably at that point of time, we might think it might be pointless, but it is through that moment that the fragrance of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus will be made known to the world. All of us know the story of Jim Elliot. And all of us sometimes when we read that story would often wonder, why did five people have to go to that place? Why? Those five people died. We know that later, Jim Elliot's wife, uh, Elizabeth had gone there and she had done the ministry. But why was it important for five people to go and just die? We all know, right? Can you imagine? They're going to a new place, meeting people that they've never seen before. And the only thing that they see in front of them are people coming to them with spears. I was telling Pradeep, Pradeep, what do you think we would do in a situation like that? 
he was like you know i'll just go down on my knees and i'll sing all to jesus i said you sing i'll run imagine people coming to you with spears what would you do and five people lost their life won't we as human beings many a times wonder why did they have to die you know many many years later when the village came to christ and when those people who had relatives among those five who died when they went there when they asked them what really happened on that day you know what they said they said that when jim elliot and when all the four people were being speared and when they died all these people saw and heard songs that were being sung at the top of the trees and when they looked up they said they saw 100 beings singing songs they didn't have any clue why this was happening later when they accepted the lord when the gospel was shared when a church was formed when the word of god was taught they realized that those beings were angels singing songs singing songs when five people laid down their life for the lord jesus christ that's how clear the scripture is right when we lay down our life it will give the fragrance of god to this world fragrance of god to this world people will know that there is a god and the lord jesus christ lives the angels are very observant of how i live my life as an apostle i'm as an apostle of the lord am i trustworthy am i faithful whatever god has asked me to do in this church am i faithful Am I faithful? Am I an imitator of the Lord Jesus Christ? Can the character of Christ be seen in my own life? Am I willing to be am I willing to sacrifice my life because I am like on a procession? And who's going in front of me? The Lord Jesus Christ. And even if it means I have to lay down my life, it will be like a fragrance going unto God. Number 1, angels observe very carefully how I live my life. as an apostle of the lord jesus christ number 2 angels observe how we treat one another angels not only observe our lives as an apostle they observe how we treat one another can you read can somebody read for me ephesians chapter 3 and verses 10 can somebody loudly and quickly ephesians chapter 3 and verses 10 hmm okay ah uh. You look at what this passage of scripture says you very carefully okay let me explain for you Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10 his intent that is god's intent god's intent was that now through the church that is you and me the manifold you know what the word manifold means it's talking about the different colors that are there in a dress right the different colors that are there in a dress dress and even though these colors are so different from each other when they are put together it gives that beauty to that dress it gives that beauty to that flower it gives that beauty to the rainbow that is what manifold means different things coming together and giving that beauty so look at what it says verse 10 his god's intent was that now through the church you and me the manifold the beautiful the various colorful beauty wisdom of god should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms you know who this rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms are is talking about the angels is talking about the angels what wisdom of god it's not only talking about the gospel you know it's not only talk you know what this 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 um this wisdom of god is in other words it's talking about mystery you know what this mystery is verses 6 What is verse six says? The mystery is that through the gospel, Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. The mystery, 
The wisdom is that in the church, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile. We are all one in Christ. That is what the angels are watching. They are watching, they are amazed as how Jewish people and Gentiles can sit together. How is it that people of different backgrounds can sit together? That oneness and that unity is what they observe. So that through us, the church, the manifold, the beautiful pattern of the wisdom of God, the unity among believers will be made known to the heavenly realms, the angelic beings. The angels look at us and the angels wonder how we Indians of different language, background, education, no matter what, when we come to the church, we are all one in Christ. They observe how we treat one another. You know what is the best part? When it says, in the heavenly realms, it's not only talking about the good angels, it's also talking about the fallen angels. You know that? Can you also turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6? And can somebody read verses 12? Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. Okay. Okay. You see that the same phrase is used here. It's not only the good holy angels who observe, the fallen angels also observe us. So can you imagine if we are fighting with one another, if there is no unity, if I pull you down, if you try to break me, if if we are trying to gossip against one another, who's watching us? Who's observing us? Who's observing what we do when we come to church? Don't you think that they can understand when I smile at you, but my heart is far away from you? Don't you think that they know that? Don't you think that they might might be saying, what a hypocrite Jobin is, when he stands and he preaches, but he does something else? Don't you think that they must be wondering, don't they call themselves the born again believers of God? But they can't seem to look eye to eye when they come into God's church. Why? Because the Bible says, right? There is no Jew, no Greek, no male, no female, no slave, no master. We are all... We are all one in Christ. The angels observe very carefully how we treat one another. When we come to worship, I want to encourage us. It's not only God who is observing us, but it's also the angelic host. In connection with the worship, there's just one more verse that I want to read. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 10. I'll read it for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 10. For this reason, and because of the angels, the woman ought to have a sign of authority on her head. I'm not going to focus, I'm not going to say anything about the women part, because contextually it's talking about how we prioritize our worship. How we prioritize our worship. Christ is the head, then there is the man, then there is the women. How we behave in church is very important. Why is it important how we behave in church? Because of the angels that watch our worship. The Bible says it very clearly. That means I need to be careful when I walk in on Sunday morning. I need to be careful when I sit in God's presence. I need to be careful when I sing these songs. Because the angels are watching. If there is a disturbance in the authority that God has given, the angels are not happy. The angels are very much observant as to how we treat one another and the angels are very observant as to how we behave when we come into the church of God. How do we treat one another? 
how do we love one another in what light do we look at each other in all aspects of our christian life brothers and sisters number 1 angels observe how we live our lives as an apostle number 2 angels observe how we treat one another in church and number 3 angels observe how we stand for the truth angels observe how we stand for the truth can somebody read for me first timothy chapter 5 and verse 21 first timothy chapter 5 and verse 21 first timothy chapter 5 can somebody read that verse for me i charge you in the sight of god and christ jesus okay mhm Okay. You look at what the word of God says here apostle Paul is encouraging a young guy Timothy Timothy I charge you in the sight of God and in the sight of the angels hold on to all of these instructions stand for the truth of the word he says and when you stand for the truth there should not be any partiality white is white and black is black that is what he's basically trying to say here now you know when we read this verse we might pause and we may ask ourselves what instructions should we stand for for that we need to go through the entire book of first timothy but let me pinpoint a few instructions first timothy chapter 5 the context that we're looking at you know first timothy chapter 5 was 1 to 16 is talking about treating the different individuals who make up the groups in our church there are widows in our church there are fathers there are mothers young men young women how we are supposed to treat all of them is mentioned from verse 1 to verse 16 stand for the truth and how we treat one another very very important can i add one more statement to that not only important when i come to church that i should look at the widows i should look at the fatherly i should look at the mothers the younger sisters the brothers what about people who visit us on a weekly basis how many of us take an effort after sunday worship to go to somebody new and tell them hi nice to see you here today what brought you here how can i know you as a friend how many of us take that effort how many of us actually do that don't we many a times after sunday worship go back to our busy schedules i want to encourage us there are so many groups of individuals that make up our church today let us take time to go and talk to all of them that's very very important very very important talking to the different individuals that are there in our group who make up our church treating them very important then from verse 17 onwards from verse 17 up till verse 19 is talking about the role of an elder and i don't want to explain that anymore because we already know it how we treat the elders in our church it says give a double honor to that to the elder in our church who teaches the word of god i praise and i thank god that we have two of our elders who preach to us from god's word we should hold them in double honor and then the third thing he says from verse 20 is how we treat sin in our church and this is one area many a times in so many churches for that matter we fail to stand for the truth we fail to stand for the truth when there is sin in our lives when someone convicts us of a sin we should be humble enough to say yes i am wrong and not only that when we before we even do that we should also examine our own lives as to how much of sin is there and how i am treating that in my own life am i willing to stand for the truth because the angels watch 
how we stand for the truth. Do you know why it says that the angels are observing? Do you know why it says that the angels observe how we stand for the truth? Because the Bible says there will come a time when God will command His angels to separate the sheep from the goat. True? Because they are also going to do judgment on their part. They are going to decide which are the sheep, which are the goat, who goes to the left, who goes to the right. They know to stand for what is the truth. And if that is the case, they observe how we as believers also stand for the truth. And if we as believers don't stand for the truth, they will be very much displeased with us. And isn't it true that many a times in our own Christian life that we've also compromised? We've also gone off the track. Look at our own lives. There are so many things that we need to set right, but we fail to set them right. Simply because we are not willing to stand for the truth. The angelic host observe how I live my life as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. The angelic host observe how we treat one another in the church of God. Number three, the angelic host observe how we stand for the truth. Now when I was preparing this message, I'm sure a question that would arise in your mind is also, why are the angels taking so much of an interest in us, right? Why are they observing us so carefully? Why do they bother if I stand for the truth? Why do, why do they worry if I'm imitating Christ? Why do they come for a worship and observe how I conduct myself? Why do they do these things in the first place? There is no proper possible answer we can give because the scripture is closed. But this is, this is my understanding. You know, angels do not or cannot enjoy personal salvation. True? And probably the only way in which they can see the effect of salvation is through the lives of born again believers. And probably that's why they are observing us. Because they cannot enjoy this salvation but they are trying to come to grips as to what it actually means to be born again. Let me say that again. Angels personally do not enjoy salvation. But possibly the only way by which they can see the aspect of salvation is by observing the life of born again believers. Do you call yourself a born again believer? Do you say that Christ died for your sin? Do you say that Christ loved you so much? Do you say that his grace is so efficient? Then I want to see that through your life. And probably that's the reason why they observe us so carefully. That's the reason why they observe us so carefully. Can I just read a verse? First Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> and verse 12. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Even angels long to look into these things. This passage is talking about the living hope which is the gospel. This passage is talking about the hope that born again believers have. Passage is talking about gospel, salvation that you and I enjoy. And says even the angels desire to look into these things. The angels desire to look into these things. The angels desire to look at Jobin and the angels know that even though they cannot enjoy salvation, they look at my life and they are trying to make sense of what I am saying when I say that I am a born again believer. Probably that's the reason why the angels observe 
us very carefully. Brothers and sisters, amazing isn't it that God himself watches how we live our Christian lives? And amazing isn't it that we should hold our testimony in the sight of this world? But even more amazing isn't it that the scriptures tells us today that we are in as spectators in the sight of the holy angels. It's like as if we are all walking on a procession towards death. And the angels observe to see if I am an apostle. Am I a trustworthy apostle? Am I an imitator of Christ? Am I willing to sacrifice? The angels observe how I treat one another when I come to church. The angels observe, am I in submission to my authorities in the church? The angels observe how I take my worship. Because they know that when I'm sitting here, I'm singing these songs and I'm saying, I thank you God that you died for me on the cross, but do I really mean it in my heart? The angels observe whether I'm willing to stand for the truth of the word. Whatever the word tells me to do, I will abide by it. No matter what, if it tells me to go to the left, if it tells me to go to the right, I will do what the word of God says. Brothers and sisters, I want to encourage us to be aware of the fact that we live our Christian lives in a procession. Therefore, let us live our Christian lives, not only to make God happy, but also keeping in our minds that the angelic hosts are watching us, observing us, how we live our lives as a Christian. Can I pray for you and can I request all of you to close your eyes and bow your head for a minute? And as you close your eyes, and as we will pray and as we will close, can we just take a few moments to, to ponder on all that we just heard right now? Am I, am I an apostle? What kind of an apostle am I? Am I going forth to share the message of the gospel? Am I an imitator of Christ? Am I willing to sacrifice? Am I trustworthy? Only then can I be considered an apostle. But we don't have to be discouraged because in front of the procession, Christ walks right in front of us having led the way and having shown us the example. How do I treat one another? How do I treat you? How, how do you treat me? Have I failed in the way I treat one another? Do I take time to go to people and talk and ask them who you actually are and how are things with you? Do I stand for the truth of the word? Am I so egoistic that I'm not willing to accept fault that is there? <clears throat> Or am I humble to accept correction? Why? Simply because that is what the word of God says. As we pray and as we close, let us all pray together in our heart that Lord, thank you for this reminder of the word that not only you, but even the angels watch us and we should be so careful as to how we live our lives. Shall we pray? Our gracious God, our loving and our living heavenly Father, Thank you for the encouragement that comes from the word that we are much more than the angels. <clears throat> and yet you who was created above the angels considered us to be so, so dear to you that you were so mindful that you came into this world to die for wretched sinners like us. We confess that there are weaknesses. We confess that there are shortcomings. We confess that there is sin. We confess that there is a lot of areas in our life that needs changes. Father, we request grace. 
as it says in your word i am what i am only by the grace of god we thank you that there is always hope in the lord jesus christ that you are right in front of us in the procession we can always look to you and know that this is how we are supposed to live our life father in the midst of the angels enable us to live our lives worthy as an apostle enable us to be able to treat one another in the love of god and enable us to understand lord understand very very clearly in the light of the word how important it is for us to stand for the truth we pray that you bless the week ahead of us bless all of us bless our lives and we thank you that you loved us so much and you gave your life for us accept our praise our glory because no one else but you is worthy to receive it and all this we put forth through our lord and our savior jesus christ